Want five-star service from a financial institution you can trust? Whitney Bank has you covered with expert business bankers and products for businesses of all sizes. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. When you have a business that sells a product, you can go one of two ways. You can sell something inexpensive that people use repeatedly and will buy over and over, like, say, jambalaya and gumbo. Or you can sell something more expensive that people buy less often, like, say, birthday cakes and wedding cakes. Kristen Pearl Moore is the owner and CEO of a company called Jambalaya Girl and makes jambalaya mix and gumbo mix. You may have bought Jambalaya Girl products or seen them on supermarket shelves. They're the yellow boxes with the drawing of the girl wearing the yellow plastic fork earrings. That person is Jambalaya Girl herself, Kristen Pearl Moore. And complete with her trademark fork earrings, she's sitting right across the table from me. Kristen, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me. Lauren Whitekin's family business makes birthday cakes, wedding cakes, and other confections at their bakery on St. Charles Avenue in the CBD. Swiss Confectionery was founded by Lauren's great-grandfather soon after he moved to New Orleans from Switzerland in 1921. Today, the fourth generation of the family is running the business. A staff of 10 people make between 150 and 200 double-layer cakes a week and around 20 tiered cakes, mostly for weddings. Lauren, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Kristen, I'll start with you. To most Americans, jambalaya, crawfish pie, and filet gumbo are lyrics to a Hank Williams song. Heard they, a million times. Yes, <laughs> I bet you have. They fall into the same category as drove my Chevy to the levee and Mardi Gras mumbo. They're things that outside of Louisiana, most people don't know what we're talking about. So given that, you know going in that you're starting a business making jambalaya and gumbo mix that is probably limited to Louisiana, you started with the advantage of working closely with chef Paul Perdome to develop your product, but you had to go up against established brands like Zatarans and Tony Sacheries. With these kinds of constraints, how did you get backers, investors, and stores to give it a shot? Well, I'm going up against companies like Zatarans and Tony Sacheries that really have made an impact of what is jambalaya. And you know what? I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that they have spent millions <laughs> on educating uh, the country and the world on a classic New Orleans dish. And I'm able to follow that up with my own twist on it, with my dad's jambalaya recipe, my mama's gumbo recipe. And the inspiration all came from this um, after Hurricane Katrina for me. Uh, I grew up as any New Orleans girl did, grew up cooking gumbo with my mama, and the unique thing is cooking jambalaya outside with my dad. Now, Lauren, for a company to stay in business and in the family for nearly a hundred years, you're either sticking to a well-tested formula or you're able to somehow change with the times. Is the cake business at Swiss Confectionery traditional or are you constantly changing? Uh, what would you say is the, the secret to staying in the cake business 
for nearly 100 years. I think we're very traditional, actually. Uh, we more or less, you know, New Orleans has this special almond-flavored cake that is really not everywhere else. I learned that especially during Katrina. And the people who buy we all New Orleans almond-flavored yeah. wedding, uh, wedding cake taste, they say wedding cake, and we know they mean almond-flavored <laughs> white cake. Um, and that's something that we've been making forever. And there used to be other bakeries that did the same. There still are. There's a lot of new type cakes, you know, that fondant. That's really not what we do. We do more of the traditional um, type of cake. So it might be like uh, my mama had a wedding exactly. cake like from them. And, That's uh, exactly. And now we're on my grandmother had a wedding <laughs> cake from them. It's a family tradition. You were cool before like Cake Boss and all those shows and all. Now it's like a whole aura to your business. Yeah, yeah. What happens when uh, somebody wants a special birthday cake or a, or a, a wedding cake? Do they come in like with a design on a napkin and kind of sit down with you? Well, you know that that used to be. You ever see this paint store commercial when they bring in the teddy bear, match the paint color to the bear? Right. That used to be how everything worked until the internet. Now, of course, they just email the invitation or the or the plate, they don't actually bring in things so much anymore. Or they'd bring in a shoe. You know, my, my fiance wants his groom's cake to look like this Nike tennis shoe, and they bring in the, <laughs> you know, big old shoe. And you go, that is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. That is, uh, the that internet's seems... really changed that quite a bit. You know, it's a lot easier now to just print the picture. You don't have to go through all this. What about, do you, do you want to get bigger, or are you happy where you are? I think um, at one point, we it looked like we were going to, get much bigger, but it, it was harder to control. And I think my brother, who's the owner now, I think he's real comfortable with being able to uh, wrap his hands around the whole business. You know, we're not going to have a second location. Right. Um, we're we're going to stay small and, and very good. You know, I think that's what our customers like, is that we're consistent. Well, you brought some things with you and the staff loves them. So yeah, that's, uh, that's that. going to... And you, uh, we didn't realize this until we started the show, but you actually have some connection. We do. Yeah, who knew? (laughs) Well, it's talking about just family traditions. Um, I grew up in New Orleans. I went to Dominican. My dad and my brother went to Holy Cross. So even part of my nickname as the Jambalaya girl was helping my dad serve Jambalaya at Holy Cross events. And then your brother went to Holy Cross too. And uh, my gosh, I think we do a Wednesday at the Square Festival and come and park at your St. Charles I know, location. your dad has a key to our bakery so that <laughs> yeah. he can bring the truck in. The Jambalaya dad has a key to, this, to the Swiss so inspection. Isn't that funny? To the bakery. <laughs> right, yeah. Now, Lauren, I, one of the things that when, when you're coming on the show all week, I've been thinking, how do you deliver a wedding cake on these streets in New Orleans? Yeah. I, I picture all kinds very, of disasters. Very, very slowly. Yes, I would think, like... Special marker on the truck carrying wedding cake. I'll tell you, on occasion, I've had to go with a delivery driver, especially right after Katrina. You know, there was there was nothing open, more or less, and so the deliveries, you know, we had to do it in, um, well, we had to pitch in to help. I couldn't look. If you look, it scares you because the, the cakes really are like kind of like the Sears Tower in Chicago. <laughs> you know, they move a little bit. It. But it, and I couldn't, I couldn't make me a nervous wreck. But I think the driver, who is my son, I think he's pretty, pretty comfortable now with knowing how they move. He's been doing it for probably 25 years. <laughs> now, Kristen, I know you can't give me the, the actual secret sauce or anything, but what's in it? 
It's a basic chicken and sausage inspired jambalaya and gumbo recipe. We make it brown style, that's a big debate, brown versus red when it comes to jambalaya and gumbo. But I mean, it, it's, the, it's the trinity, the celery onions, the bell pepper, the rice, the seasonings. But I can tell you something I learned even from my dad. And one thing I love that Chef Paul says is the difference between a good dish and a fantastic one is a rich stock. So we've actually, in blending our recipe, I found that's a big difference in ours too, is we do have a rich stock blended into the rice, infused into the rice, infused into the gumbo, and that <laughs> really trying to be competitive. I have actually gone and opened up every box of jambalaya mix on the market. We have, and I've counted, we have the most actual vegetables in the mix. <laughs> I mean, I saw you arrested on aisle four. I was yeah, wondering right. what that was. <laughs> but no, I mean, what, what, the big difference with our product, and I've learned this from listening to my customers, is we have more flavor. It's not as salty or as spicy as a lot of the mixes on the market today. And that's why I've been inspired by my customers to keep this business going and to grow it nationally and internationally is it's something different. And it, I really had to get down to the recipe of looking at what what are we doing so different? I just took it from family recipe and made it, but we added we just added more. And where is it sold? We mentioned that it was mainly in Louisiana. Is it stretching out? Absolutely. It, uh, we started with one grocery store, me delivering in my little back of my little Civic <laughs> to the uh, to the one grocery it's like store. It's the earring girl. She's right. Back. Yeah. Literally, that I mean that's why I brought that on the packages. People would look for me and say, oh, I want that jambalaya with the girl with the fork earrings. <laughs> so I put a picture of that on it. But no, now today, we're in, uh, we just we just broke 300 grocery stores across the Gulf Coast area and stretching up into Kentucky and Tennessee. But I'm very excited. Uh, I've been working, I've been working diligently over the past year to grow nationally. And we have a national team that's trained. We're gonna put on a road show. And I love that the timing is going to be around the tricentennial of New Orleans. And we are going to go nationwide, city by city, putting on a Jambalaya Girls show. And that's going to be our big launch to national distribution. Wow, good timing with that 300th right? birthday. <laughs> You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Kristen Moore, better known as Jambalaya Girl, the name of her company and her boxes of jambalaya and gumbo mix, and Laura Whitekin whose family has been making wedding cakes and other specialty cakes at Swiss Confectionery for nearly a hundred years. Lauren, uh, people ask for odd cakes all the time. Do you make things like, uh, is it like bachelorette cakes? <laughs> yes, we do. It's kind of a funny story, actually. In our other location on Frenchman Street, my great aunt was still alive. And um, at first she was kind of shy about, it wasn't actually bachelorettes asking for the cakes. It was, it was the... Um, gay community in the yeah. French Quarter and uh, she was kind of horrified at first until she realized how much how much you could get for one <laughs> and then they would be like on a uh, Friday afternoon you'd see them all lined up on the table <laughs> waiting to be iced and decorated it's kind of strange but but then times change and now bachelorettes you know it's a big deal <laughs> for bachelorette parties, especially out-of-town bachelorette parties. Oh, yeah. And they're kind of embarrassed to ask for them. You know? Oh, absolutely. The ones that are going to come in here for... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Orleans is a big bachelorette oh, destination. and they're scary. You always yeah. see the girl with the veil and exactly. kind of laying in the gutter and these... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. But <laughs> <laughs> now, most of... Uh, I was once with a guy who's the CEO of a rice company. He was saying most of the rice is sold within oh, something like... 
20 miles of the coast in in uh, in America. But you you've been able to, or maybe Tony Sachery's and Zatarin's been able to push push it forward. Oh, I, I've I've seen that. Um, I, I have seen some figures on where their distribution is nationally and internationally, and I have found in my own research and doing our own shows and tastings. For example, I went up to um, Rehoboth, Delaware. I've been to San Francisco, uh, to a small town in Tennessee. You're like Johnny Cash and of Jambalaya. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm found is the further it's a, for different. It's a different sales pitch. It's so funny when I introduce the product here. It's oh, this is Jambalaya Girls Jambalaya. Try it because it has a different flavor. I don't have to explain what is Jambalaya. Um, but when you get outside of the area, people just see the word jambalaya and they're just so excited about New Orleans and they want to try it. But um, it, it's, I'm not going up against home recipes. I'm not going up against so many you know, different brands. But it, there is, they're familiar with it because of Zanarians and they really do have a national foothold and a, a big piece of their business is across the country. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to just continue to expand that footprint that New Orleans food has in the grocery stores and online. And at the right pace, because uh, sometimes people get kind of out ahead of their skis a little bit. Uh, oh yeah, I'm seven years into it and just okay. now starting to tap into the real national distribution. Lauren, I'm curious, what do you do at the bakery? Um, mostly what I do is help brides select their wedding cake. Really? I work in the front. Is it like I'd hear, is it like Bridezilla things or just some of them? Sometimes it's <laughs> Bridezilla. Most of the time, the, the girls are lovely. It's the grooms I, I get a little concerned about. No, really? I was well, gonna... when a man, when a young groom has so many opinions about the wedding cake, it makes me nervous. About their marriage? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like, so too. I feel right? like I should take a survey and come back in 10 years and see if I was right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a yeah. funny book? <laughs> Why do they care so much oh, yeah. about their wedding cake? The Lauren Kristen, this is the part of the show we call Another Great Idea. Uh, maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you. Uh, they tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or, or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. You can take this advice and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have really turned out great. Or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had a great idea for you? And, and did you take their advice and how did it turn out? I'll, I'll start with you, Lauren. Well, I was in the tourism industry prior. Most of my life I was in the tourism industry. And my brother approached and his wife approached me and said, we'd like you to quit your job and come work for us. And I had really only worked there in the summers of college, you know, standing up and waking up early in the morning and having to stand on my feet all day. It's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And uh, I had a friend who worked for the uh, New Orleans Convention and Visitors Bureau. She said, no, you have to do it. You don't realize how good this will be. So I took her advice and I've been here for 20 years now. Really? So you, as a as a young person, you kind of every it was all hands on deck, and you had to work there. Uh, yeah, but, but like after as that, an you, eighteen you step, year old. Yeah. yeah, right. They don't ask you what you feel like they, no, at that no. point. No, no. My dad used to yell at me, "Get off the stool! Do you see anybody else sitting on the stool? <laughs> you have to stand up." And you thought that's the business I want to go into. That's <laughs> now, Kristen. Where did you? Uh, did anybody ever approach you with an idea? You know, it's funny, the reason it's been seven years and I'm just now starting to grow nationally 
is it took me a while to listen to advice. I started my company under a different brand name. It was Cook Me Something Mister. And you still have that website. We do. Which is very cool. Yeah, so we're, we're now um, in our second year of the rebrand to Jambalaya Girl. But it was so funny. I had an, everywhere from a broker in the grocery business to a marketing director to uh, customers even telling me, I just remember you by the fork earrings, um, to a customer in Atlanta who just didn't get Cook Me Something Mister. She handed the box to her husband and said, that means you're cooking for me, right? <laughs> but I, I was always hesitant to make the, the, the brand name change because it was a cute name. My dad had come up with it years ago. It didn't and I mean like, anything out of the region though, right? Right. It didn't, yeah. you know, nobody got the connection to throw me something, Mr. Mardi Gras. So after being in business for five years and establishing our brand locally, I took the risk and invested in new packaging, invested in new marketing, and we made the change to Jambalaya Girl. But the, the where, where they twisted my arm, I went through the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small oh, Businesses Program. Delgado, yeah. And they were calling me out too, like, come on, Kristen, when are you going to change it? When are you going to change it? Well, they sent me up to New York to meet with Goldman Sachs and Bloomberg. I had my own marketing session in the Bloomberg headquarters in New York. And I walk in and four marketing executives look at me and they go, we're going to address the elephant in the room. What is Cook Me Something, mister? Like, <laughs> what, why is your company not Jambalaya Girl? And I said, you know what? I think I just needed you guys to tell me to do it so I can go back and tell my family, it's time to change. <laughs> Bloomberg and Goldman Sachs told me we had to. Right, yeah, they, they're <laughs> pretty good at this stuff. But it's been, it's been so successful. I mean, it's now more recognizable, more memorable um, on a national, international, you know. It, not only that, the shelf tag. It'll actually fit on the shelf tag on a grocery store. I never thought about that. Oh, sure, <laughs> it's yeah. Too long. And I was going to ask you more. What about shelf space? That's what people have to wrestle with. Uh, sure. Um, I. I have just had a good relationship with my customers and you, you prove to them that you have customers you got to create the com customer demand so that means you know like when you go into a grocery store on a Saturday afternoon and you see the lady there sampling the product I had to do that every single weekend for the first few years of my business and now I have team members that still do that but you really have to push it is a struggle to start with a product without having a big name with a big backing to to grow it so I have really relied on my customers to be my billboard my walking billboards and spread the word and grassroots way I'm now working with universities and a national uh, food service company to brand the Jambalaya Girl experience at college stadiums, at different um, institutions. You know, eventually it'll be, I, I call it the cart before the horse, there'll be a Jambalaya Girl cart and then I come in with my product right behind it. It's <laughs> got a good idea. Girl. College people are very hungry, so this <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is going to work this, out. This should, this should be across the country, no question. <laughs> Lauren, um, you're an old traditional business, but what about the, the marketing side? Have you adapted um you mean online marketing yeah and things like that um well we're um that's for the younger people uh, my son and my niece handled the facebook page okay i had no idea i'm not on facebook i had no idea how much that made a difference um and now is that uh, a percentage of your sales uh, not that they're buying it on online because you couldn't, you'd still right. have to call, but the request, I mean, I could work all night long just answering emails, you know, 11 o'clock at night, people send an email and if I happen to be there, I'll answer it, you know, so that, that's been a, a big difference instead of relying on people to call, you know, from the eight hours we're open. What's the oddest request you've had? 
honest request. Oh, geez. Sometimes people want their cakes to sing and dance, you know? Not literally. I was going to say, I mean, that's, they, that's when the girl came out. That was yeah, a few yeah. years ago. Well, yeah, they, yeah that too. <laughs> but people have these ideas, you know, maybe those kind of requests. Of course, we can't do it, but... You have to talk them down? Yeah, we have to talk them down. We have to let them taste the cake, too. I think that's a big secret. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have to get them in and put it in their mouth, and then we can talk them down. <laughs> that's what happens at the wedding, too, right? They just shove it in the groom's mouth. Right? A, <laughs> now, Kristen and Lauren, we've covered the field of New Orleans business today about as wide as it gets, from nearly a 100-year-old business making specialty cakes to a relatively new business making jambalaya and gumbo mix. It's been really great to meet you both and equally fascinating to find out how you got started and where you're headed. Uh, thank you both, Kristen and Lauren, for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Peter. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Kristen Promore, owner and CEO of Jambalaya Girl, and Lauren Whitekin from Swiss Confectionery. You can find out more about Kristen's jambalaya and gumbo and Lauren's cakes and confections by following the links on our websites, itsneworleans.com. The show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Matthew Ellison. You can listen to this show and the past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts. If you want to know what we look like, and I think they should, they should be curious just to see the earrings, if nothing else. They, uh, and by the way, you didn't have to eat with those forks today, which is great. There's a way we've supplied others. They, uh, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and its New Orleans Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and by Short & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Want five-star service from a financial institution you can trust? Whitney Bank has you covered with expert business bankers and products for businesses of all sizes. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.